Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Talking about when the storms hit. And... We talked about the importance when the storms of life hit of getting your bearings. Let's look at the Mark chapter 4 passage in verse 35. Jesus had been teaching the word. All seemed well. And on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Let who cross over? How many of you know when the Lord gives you an assignment, it's going to be an us, not a you? Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. The word great in the Greek text is mega. If you go to McDonald's and you order a mega, that's bigger than big. A mega windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling and he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? How many of you know that even if Jesus is walking with you, you're still going to go through storms? How many of you know also that he's not worried about it? He already has seen the end result, and he's in control. And how many of you also know that it's easy to think that when the storm gets mega, that maybe he's not paying attention or even caring. Now, some of you are responding as if you don't ever have an experience like that. <laughs> well, if you haven't, you just hadn't lived long enough or you're dead and don't know it. He was a teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, and then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace. The word peace in the Greek there means be quiet, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a, there it is again, a mega calm. I don't know about you, but I know through the word of God and I know through personal experience that the storm can be mega, but always in the plan and timing and ministry of the Lord, there will be a mega calm. Some of you are wanting that mega calm to hurry up. And that's normal and it's okay. Are you listening to me? There will be a mega calm. This storm is a season. It will pass. 
Some of us have the idea sometimes that if I'm in a storm, it is always because of something that I have done or something that I have not done. Some seem to think that you can always go around the storm and you don't have to go through it. There are some storms you're not going to go around. You are going to go through it. But there will be a mega calm. He said to them, verse 40, Why are you so full of fear? How is it that you have no faith? Now, why would he say that? If you look at the context, these guys had been hanging around his teaching over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, all day long, he'd been teaching them the Word of God. How does faith come? They had heard and heard and heard and heard and heard with their natural ears, but the information had not become revelation. And you know, only the Holy Spirit's ministry can make information become revelation. In fact, information, hearing with our natural ears, but never listening with our heart can become dangerous because Jesus said that we're responsible for all the truth that we hear. Pretty dangerous, isn't it? But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, they really didn't get it. They were thinking that unless he does it and we defer everything to something that he does, unless that happens, we're sunk. And what he was trying to get them to get is you need to respond out of that internal state of your being that is put there by the word of God. Sooner or later, if all you do is get delivered, but you never get developed, you're just going to be in storm after storm after storm after storm. Sooner or later, something internally has to transpire. And you've got to eventually quit depending on other people to deliver you from the storm and get developed enough to, and to use your own faith if you're ever going to be successful. So here's what I would recommend that we do. I would recommend that we take every opportunity to be developed by the Word of God and our personal relationship with God. And I believe that we should take every opportunity to pray for those under our influence, i.e. our family. First, i.e. those who are under our influence, that the Holy Spirit would do a deep work in them and they get revelation, not just information, but they would get revelation that the Holy Spirit would draw them to the intimate knowledge of Jesus. And that they would begin to get it. 
Sometimes we may need to do less instruction and more intercession for the Holy Spirit to do that work that only He can do. Remember what Jesus said? Unless the Spirit draws you, you can't come. So we need to pray earnestly that the Holy Spirit would not only help us get it, but that He would help those under our influence to really get understanding. Otherwise, your family are always going to be throwing water out of the boat and perishing instead of using their own faith. Many of you know, though, that when you're, those who are under you are perishing and they're not developed enough to use their own faith, you're going to do what Jesus did. You're going to have to rise up and rebuke the winds and the seas. Out of love and grace and patience, you have got to minister on their behalf until they get it. So don't just stand out there and throw stones because they hadn't gotten it yet. Jesus didn't do that. He challenged them. He challenged them, but he didn't throw them away. Okay. So, as I was saying on Sunday, when storms hit, the number one thing for us to do as mature believers, or being matured believers, is to get our bearings. And sometimes, uh, that, have you ever noticed that perspective requires a long view? Have you ever noticed that for to really see something clearly, you have to see it from a distance sometimes? You have to back off and look at it. And sometimes, only time will give you a perspective to see things the way you should see them clearly. So that means that, you know, I don't know about you, but if I'm driving on the freeway and a mega storm hits me, I can't see hardly anything. I'm struggling to see what's right in front of me. What's going on when a storm hits? When a storm hits, the first thing that happens is your mind goes into action outside the realm of the Holy Spirit. Remember, your spirit, soul, and body. And when a storm hits, your mind starts making forecasts of what could and probably will happen. How many of you know that your mind's not a good forecaster? You miss the forecast a lot. Your mind is going to say, well, the doc said this, so that means that. Well, my son or daughter, is somebody said this, so that means that. Your mind is go, oh, Goodness, that was a bad economic 
uh, week. So that means I'm probably going down. Your mind is always going to forecast a result you don't want. And guess what? Once your mind starts making those forecasts, your emotions are going to respond accordingly. Oh, I'm, 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 I may lose my business. Oh, I guess then I'll lose this, 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 and this. Well, then I guess then my relationships... You see what I'm saying? Your emotions will always respond to what your mind continually forecasts. So what's the key here? Stop the forecast. You have got to stop that forecast that your emotions are responding to. You have got to introduce the truth. Jesus said... If you abide in my word, then you will know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. Well, what's his word? You know what he's saying? You've got to make my forecast higher and greater than the forecast your mind is projecting. And this is an entrenched storm. This doesn't happen automatically. You've got to invest in this. You can't just say, God, help me. That's a good place to start. But then you've got to make a solid decision to abide in what his forecast is. What his word says. To abide in the truth. That causes you to truly be his disciple and set you free. Well, uh, what is his forecast? What does the word of God say? Remember, when the storm hits you so hard, you don't even have your bearings sometimes. First thing to do when the storm hits you is get your bearings. Where am I? Where are you, Lord? Well... And I want to tell you something. Sometimes the storm will hit you so hard that you can't even get up. That's when the Lord in His grace has orchestrated and is calling out intercessors to reinforce you. Have you identified intercessory prayer for you? Do you have a real shepherd? Do you have a real network of prayer warriors who will reinforce you? Because some, at some point in your life, you can be stung so hard that you don't even have the energy to pray. That is not a happy or fun place. I'm telling you, there are times in my life in ministry where had it not been for others interceding for me before the throne, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this today. Do you realize how important that is to your success, to your well-being? 
God-ordained intercessory prayer. That's his idea. We just hadn't bought into it like we should. Get your bearings. What we see from the truth of God's word is that he's good. Let's, let's turn over here to Isaiah chapter 54. This is a powerful passage that is ministered mightily. It always does. Everybody say it with me. Mighty God, in the name of Jesus, I declare today that you are good all the time. Every motive, every intention that you have for me, even in the middle of a storm, is good. Verse 10, for the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness, my loving kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, I lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make you pinnacles of root. And God's not just talking about uh, the geographical place of Jerusalem. I want you to know that he has set a solid foundation for you. And it's beautiful. Notice verse 13. Are y'all listening? All your children. How many's all? All your children shall be taught by the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. <laughs> Hallelujah. What a promise to you fathers today. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. Isn't it wonderful that at some point your kids are going to get it? That is the intention of the Lord. At some point, God Almighty is going to teach your children. They're going to be open and receptive to his teaching. And great shall be their peace. Their lives are not going to be in the turmoil that you see today the rest of their life. This is a promise from God. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Verse 15, whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. This storm is a season. What a promise. Can you trust God with your children? Can you trust God with your storm? Verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That is, break its power. This is the heritage of of the servants of the Lord. Are you a servant of the Lord? Your righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Do you understand that regardless of what people say about you, God sees you as righteous and he's the only judge that really counts. He's the eternal one. What a promise. God is good. He is always working 
on your behalf and all his intentions towards you are good. So don't define how God feels about you by the storm. Define them by his eternal word. The biggest mistake we make is defining how our Father feels about us at any given moment by the circumstances in which we find ourselves. Circumstances are temporary. They're subject to change. God's intentions towards you are forever and eternal and are not, they don't change from day to day. And they're all good. God is faithful. Get your bearings. He is faithful. I love, and I don't have it in your outline, but I love the confession of Nehemiah when he was rebuilding the temple. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. Great is thy faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says that God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, the Lord Jesus. Everybody say it with me. Thank you, Father. You are always faithful. Regardless of what I see or feel today, you are good and you are faithful. God is there, folks. He is there. He hasn't left the boat. Now, it may seem like he doesn't care, but he is there. Can I tell you something? God is not worried about the outcome because he's already seen it, and it is for your good and his glory. I have a favorite saying in my life. God has already seen and entered into all your tomorrows. He has already won the victory on your behalf. In getting our bearings, we need to always remember that not only is he good and faithful, but he is hopelessly in love with you. First <laughs> John 4, 8 and 16 says, God is agape, unconditional, unrelenting love. John 3, 16, out of that love, God so loved you. He so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that you might have his life. Well, that love's not up there somewhere distant. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God has been poured out in your heart. That is in your inner man right now. The love of God not only exists, but the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to get baptized by it. It's been poured out in your heart. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Here's another bearing. God is in control of the ultimate outcome. <laughs> when I was struggling in the deep place of my confusion, you ever get confused and disappointed? Do you ever... You've heard me say this over and over again. No great champion of faith ever gets through life without a season of, my God, why have you forsaken me? If David, who was a man after God's own heart, and if Jesus, who never sinned, 
went through, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why would you think you would escape that? So we better have our bearings, hadn't we? In the season of my life of feeling like the heavens were frozen, that God didn't come through for me with what he had promised. When I cried out for understanding, I didn't get it immediately. The word that the Holy Spirit kept saying to me is, you don't know everything. Now what a simple message that is. You don't know everything. You don't know everything that transpired between me and your son. Because he doesn't really belong to you. I'm the one that bought him with a price. He eternally belongs to me. Do you know your daughters and your sons belong to Jesus? They don't really belong to you. They're his. You're a steward, but you're not an owner. Right? God says, you don't know everything, and if you don't know everything, you can't explain everything, nor can you understand everything. Right? And what the Lord said to me is, I'm giving you an opportunity to trust in me with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. Just take the next right step. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your steps. But you're not going to lay here and figure it out. If you knew all the reasons why all this is going on, you wouldn't be relied on me. And I never called you to be God. called you to be my son. And sometimes the most powerful thing you can do for your wife, your child, your employee is say, I don't know. You'll find that you will have a divine attraction by some of the people around you when you will be quick to say, you know what? I don't really know the answer to that. I've made a decision to trust God in the midst of it. If you're always quick to know all the answers, people will start not trusting you. They'll start staying away from you. Because they won't ever see a side of you. They can't relate to you because they think you know all the answers and never have any struggles. They'll stay away from you. So don't be afraid to be honest and vulnerable enough to say, I don't know. I'm seeking the answer to that myself.
His ways are higher than our ways. In Isaiah 55, we find in verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. In my thoughts, than your thoughts. Wow. One thing the Lord taught me in my experience when my prayers the way and my desires and my stand of faith didn't turn out the way I thought it would. The Lord revealed to me again the promise of Romans 14, 7 and 8. For whether we live, we live to the Lord. Whether we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. I said this Sunday, I'll say it to you. Ownership always trumps benefits. Stand in faith for the revelation and manifestation of every covenant benefit of this word. But recognize, bottom line is, ownership always trumps benefits. You are the Lord's. Whether you live or whether you die. And if you exit here today, it'll be the greatest moment of your life. <laughs> you kind of go into a realm of life that is joy unspeakable. You wouldn't come back here for nothing. I got enough glimpse of that to tell you this ain't it. <laughs> but remember this in the meantime. Never forget, remember, get your bearings. God is at work right now to cause all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Right here on this earth. You don't have to wait till heaven for things to being worked together for good. He's doing it right now. Right now. All the pressure, all the pain, all the storms. God orchestrates what he does not initiate. He's that big. Because he's sovereign, that which he doesn't initiate. He doesn't initiate sin. Grace is greater than sin. But grace gets involved in sin, doesn't it? Yes or no? God can take even those inferior, devil-inspired, flesh-oriented choices and begin by grace to work them out for your good and His glory. He's that great. His grace is that powerful. His grace is greater than sin. His grace will outlast sin. Sin will give up in the sight of grace. Grace will break its power. Never forget that. God is at work to cause all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So that storm you're in right now, God is at work to bring good out of it 
There is an unseen agent who sees everything clearly and is constantly at work, regardless of what you see or think today. Okay, so get your bearings. Everybody, what are you, uh, what are you seeing out of this? You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.